it's the next level. Hey, my name is Ross Marquand and I play Red Skull. You are listening to Panels to Pixels podcast. Check it out. Where to? Closest you can get to Mexico. That'd be El Paso, Texas. One way. Here you go. Jessica. You're right to give in. Give up. It's someone else's job now. El Paso, right? Hey, don't you want your ticket? Panels to Pixels, Jessica Jones, Season 3, Episodes 11, 12, and 13 Review. Welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And we're at the last three episodes of the third season and the last of the Netflix Marvel series. Yeah, it's been a long road, but uh, here we are. Now, of course, we didn't cover all the shows, but we've, uh, we are covering this last one. So. so sad to see it go. It is. It is. I'm, uh, I was sad. I, I wanted to prolong it as long as I could watching these episodes because uh, it, just, uh, uh, it was just sad. So... Yeah. But this uh, this first episode we're going to be covering is episode 11. It's entitled AKA Hellcat. And uh, I, I actually love this episode a lot because I got exactly what I'd asked for in the last podcast. I was asking for how did we get here? How did Trish figure these things out? How could Trish have killed the cop? How, you know, I had all these questions that I was like, how, how did she even get on Nussbaumer's radar? Like, we had no information as to how she could have even, you know, figured out that Nussbaumer was the guy. And so I, I loved this this episode being from Trish's perspective. Now, we didn't get a voiceover like we did the last time we had kind of a Trish perspective episode. We got her flat, her voiceover. We do get a bunch of flashbacks, though, with Rebecca Dormone and with Trish as a young girl when she's starting her acting career. We see how Dorothy can manipulate not just Trish, but she manipulates others. She manipulates casting coaches. She manipulates rooms. I mean, she walked right past everybody in a line and is able to kind of fake her way into this casting room. And I just love we see what Trish and Eric were doing in these last couple of episodes that we've only seen bits and pieces of them. But I'm sure we're going to get into that. Uh, when we get into our top five, the specifics of what was going on. But I really did uh, like what we got in this episode. Oh, yeah. And we should hit our top five now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Why don't you start us off? I will. So my number five is just the misdirect with with Eric from the last episode to this one. You know, we had no idea that he, he was involved at all in this killing of the cop. You know, I legitimately believe that he didn't know who had killed Ness Palmer. And, I, you know, I love kind of that added bonus of the fact that the headaches in him get quiet after the person dies, which, you know, I guess it makes sense. The the bad guy died, so his headache would go away. Also, you know, he's not getting a headache off from Trish, and but we're going to find out something in the next episode and later why that may be. And it's... it's uh, what does he say? I think he says, man, this is dicked up when he's the one that called the cops on Jessica at the end of that. We saw the cops picking her up at the end of the last episode. So he's the one that called them and told them where she was at. Yeah. And my number five would be the cold open. That was a really hard thing to watch. Trish and Dorothy working on how to play Patsy, all these flashbacks, then cut to the events of her finding Dorothy dead. Hmm. That was hard to really take in completely. Yeah, and and that leads right into my number five, which is we we see a little bit of Dorothy's physical abuse on Trish as a child, but we don't see a lot of it. I mean, Jessica flat out said that Dorothy used to hit her was what, but we didn't see that in this episode. We saw her pinch Trish a few times. We definitely saw some verbal abuse in just the way uh, she was talking to and the way she was uh, treating Trish. So do you think that they kind of toned down this version of, of Dorothy so not to make us hate her more? Because, you know, the character's dead. There's nothing she can do to redeem herself at, at this point. So maybe they, they kind of didn't show us all of the abuse that she really did inflict on Trish. What do you think? Yeah, I think it was over-exaggerated. I don't think they toned it down. I think they just okay. made it made us feel like she was an abused child, but it was more from a verbal ab- abuse more than anything from Dorothy, from what I could tell. Because hmm. we never really, you know, with the flashbacks, it wasn't really like I'm going to like beat her up and smack her around. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Is is it? It doesn't look so. So what you're saying is you think Jessica uh, either over exaggerated the amount of abuse that Dorothy heaped on Trish. Is that what you're saying? You think that that Jessica kind of over exaggerated it when she? Because I'm telling you, when she talked to Eric about it, she said that that Dorothy used to hit her and it was abuse, and yeah. we just don't see that here and. I was I was really surprised at that that we just so it's interesting that we didn't get that and you know maybe it's it's because you know we do get it's uh it's either in this episode or the next episode I, I get them all kind of confused when we get Trish telling the story about how her father did used to vi- uh, physically abuse Dorothy and how she kind of got them out of that situation when she said she came home and her mom was bloody and she spread her own, her own mom's blood like on her face and t-shirt and then ran to the neighbors and told them what her father had done but kind of indicated that it was done to her and yeah. that's what got the father you know in in jail finally because she knew her mother was never going to to do that so yeah it is interesting maybe yeah maybe Jessica over exaggerated it a little bit yeah cuz Honestly, she never, you know, she was really young Mm -hmm. at the time when her parents died, supposedly, in the car crash. 
Yeah. And then she was taken in by Dorothy, so she didn't really know things beforehand, and she probably only knows what Trish had told her. Yeah. So it, it's possible she could have she could have got a, a bad impression because you're right now that now that you you mentioned that she probably she didn't come along until Trish was already established as Patsy. So that would have been the father would have been out of the picture. We would have already had. So every flashback that is interesting. All the flashbacks we're seeing here are pre Jessica Trish flashbacks. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Which brings us to your your number four. My number four would be. Uh, it's funny too with the way they they cut the scenes and everything. I thought I was watching another episode again. I thought I was in a loophole because. I was like, wait a minute, didn't I see this before? Because I watched him back. I was like, did I get the wrong episode? What's going on? And But apparently it was the same episode, but from Trish's perspective, it was definitely Trish-centric with the episode. It just revolved around all her from her points of view, whereas before it was just, it was the same scenes, but recut in a certain way in the very beginning. I had to go back and go, wait a minute, did I get yeah. the wrong episode I, I, here? I had the exact, yeah, I had the exact same thing because I was like, wait a minute, am I, did I, did I already watch this episode? Because I'm like, all these things, we've already seen these things happen. And then it, it took me, you know, it took me maybe, like you said, like probably three or four minutes or so. And I had to kind of stop it and go, am I, what's the title? And like, look on IMDb, what are the title of these episodes? And then suddenly I realized that I was getting, like I said earlier, I was getting exactly what I wanted. We're now seeing everything from a different perspective we're seeing what happened when jessica left the room the hotel room yeah. we're seeing eric you know we're seeing what happened um those few minutes that she had with malcolm when he brings the clothes um we see after he leaves we see her um you know reacting to what's going on around her. then we see her leave and we see her come back we see eric doing things that we didn't know he was doing in the last episode. Like I said, like calling the cops on Jessica. Yeah. And it, it was weird though, to see the things that, that bring her to where she is now mentally with all her changes with the yeah. powers and where she's going. And which is so far South from what I can see with the, the guy next door in the hotel, mm -hmm. you know, beating him down. That was a bit harsh in its in its own way, but it was pretty much was needed by the end of that scene. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's that, that's another one of those interesting um, points because I had it in my notes later that that guy doesn't recognize her. Yes, as which I thought was really interesting. I didn't realize that till the second time I watched it that uh, that she went through that. Does that lead us to my number three? Yes. Okay. So my number three is, is pretty short. It's just that the repeating of the, the line, I've got this, it was almost like that could have been the title of the episode, I've got this, because they repeated that a few times. We had Dorothy saying that, we had Trish saying that, and then the very end of the episode, we have you know, Trish saying, I've got this. And, and so it, it leads us in that, that whole, we get to see that emotional scene between Trish and Jessica. We, now we see it, though, from Trish's perspective that scene in the motel room when they're talking about Jessica, you know, uh, disposing of the evidence and Trish not wanting her to, we kind of, we see that same, it's the same scene, but we're seeing it from a different angle. We get a different camera angle on it. We get, we get more of Trish's perspective on it. And I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is fairly cool because it, it, this is all coming from Trish's mind. I, you know, from what I fathom, and I really like it because yeah. we're always seeing everything through Jessica's mind or Jessica's right. thoughts, eyes. Right, right. We get we're seeing this through through Trish's eyes, through her perspective. We're even seeing the way she reacts to Eric. We're seeing it through Trish's eyes instead of through Jessica's eyes. So I really, I, I yeah, totally with you on that. Uh, my number three would be the one scene that hit me really hard was the one when Dorothy was talking to Trish when she was younger, saying, the best friend is just a sidekick, something that Trish has felt all her life with Jessica, helping Jessica with her powers as they grew up together, Trish feeling like she was on the other side or on the sidelines with Jessica and her powers. And, you know, now that she has powers, you know, it, the tables are turned. You could tell with her actions, but she has her own mind and what she is doing with her powers, meaning Trish. So they are not the same as Jessica's thoughts, though, to how to use her powers. Because we already saw Jessica's point of view from when she got her powers or when she had her powers, when she had her boyfriend, what was it, season two? And we find out the history of her and how she goes about stopping people and doing these things. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. That brings us to my number two. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, Trish's that meeting she has with Salinger when she leaves the hotel room and she goes to the hospital and she meets uh, meets Salinger there. And he kind of tells her where to find those photos of her mom. And then we see again, we see that scene between her and the cop where she goes into the crime scene and he tells her, you know, don't touch anything. And she's like, no, I just want something. And we, so we see now we see why she was doing all that because she was looking for the pictures that Salinger had taken of her mom. And that's what she finds. And that's what pushes her, you know, over the edge here of wanting to get revenge. And so I thought that was, that was really, really cool uh, that we get to see that, like I said, we see that same scene, but there's a little bit added to it this time, that scene of her going back to her mom's apartment or house and that crime scene. We see it, you know, a, a little bit longer. So this is how we see her going through all the photo albums and the pictures and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, which leads me to my number two, which would be the flashbacks of Trish throughout the episode because, mm -hmm. you know, pictures are pretty much the past, but we we this whole episode we're constantly flashing back, and you know it it was like she just wanted to do things for Dorothy's appreciation, and I started seeing all these little things uh, from the flashback about how Trish was doing this for the attention of her mother, doing the right thing, and just being a kid actor. You know, like I said, doing everything that Dorothy told her, but she wants to do something for herself, something that is right to her, and that kind of gets twisted in a bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's something, that, you know, like I said, something that is right to her, something that makes her feel important, but in the shadows. But mm -hmm. it seems to be coming more to light what she's doing. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, those, those flashbacks showed us a lot of not just... Trish that showed us a lot of Dorothy and just that how like again like I said how she kind of manipulated you know that she there's that one scene where she tells Trish if she doesn't do a good job that means these people lose their job 
Yeah. And kind of putting that weight on the on a little kid, you know, uh, to push her to to do the things that Dorothy's telling her to do. Leads us to my number one, which is very, uh, very short. We just have another episode where nobody says the title, which I get. I understand why they're not going to use the words Hellcat. They're not going to say that because that is her alter ego in the comic books. If I don't read the comic books, but that's what everything I read uh, was that 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 she is this character in the comic books or was the character in the comic books from the 70s called Hellcat. And so that's where we get this idea. It, you know, it really thinks though they could have they could have worked it in there somewhere. I think, like when Salinger's, you know, when people are looking at his face, somebody might have said, "Man, it looks like you were attacked by a Hellcat." I, I really think they could have worked it into the episode. Yeah, but they just didn't for some reason. So that gives us two episodes this season where no one says the title. I thought that was interesting. Uh, maybe somebody dropped the ball when they were doing this because they were rushing. <laughs> yeah, maybe you know, maybe something got edited out and nobody re- in these two episodes. Maybe those these two episodes where it isn't said. Maybe you know, maybe it got edited out from like a deleted scene and nobody realized that the scene they deleted was the scene that had the title. Now, uh, it just I just find it interesting. Uh, that would lead me to my number one, which would be the look on Trish's face remembering Dorothy. And then moving on to the photo that Salinger had taken during his torture of Dorothy, which was really, really upsetting. Mm. Oh. Then then Jerry showing up looking for a favor from Trish. Jerry pretty much just wants a hit person now. And she found the right person. But you can feel the anger in Trish to kill Salinger at this point. This is not going to end well, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it just like uh, you, you start to see, okay, we're we're going into a villainous kind of role for Trish and it's not looking good. Yeah. That, that uh, scene with Jerry showing her the picture and revealing her to that, that she knows she's the vigilante and then basically blackmailing her to go do the burglary. I had that in my notes, uh, the burglary that's going to help out Kith, uh, you know, ultimately, well, we'll get to that in the other episodes, but yeah, I, I hear you. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. So we had a, a couple of quotes here. Um, I had to laugh when they when she comes back and she tells her mom that she got the part of this of the the best friend and she's all excited about it and she says you know the the character's name is surprise and her mom is like yeah I, I got the joke but that line that from Dorothy is where she said the show is called that's her girl not what the hell kind of name is surprise <laughs> so I really uh, just like that that. Uh, that thought of of Dorothy, you know, she's kind of got mad there and was like, no, you're not supposed to be the best friend. You're supposed to be the lead. Yeah. The one that got me was Malcolm saying, look, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I know you blame yourself. It's not your fault. And then Trish going, I know it's Salinger's fault. Despite everything on my side, the good, the right, they still win. <sighs> yeah, we, we really got to see where this begins in this in this episode and of course we uh, we're going to get even more in the next two episodes as Trish begins her descent another one of those the quotes that I had from Dorothy was when she was I can't remember what the scene was it was it might have been the scene where she was talking about the whole best friend is a sidekick kind of thing or or trying to convince Trish to do something but she says you want that holier than mom look off your face I thought that was <laughs> that was really cool because she's just like treating her you know very just very shabbily as a as a mom and uh, yeah 
Uh, it's just the way Dorothy was at yeah. times. So. <laughs> uh, the one I had would be Trish saying, Jess and I lost too much. I don't want her to lose you too. And that was to Eric talking about covering up the cop's death that Trish caused. Yeah, and I've got some more when we when we go into the next episode that I'm going to talk about that, I think. But I think we both had a few notes here of things that we didn't that didn't already come up. No Jillian. I've already talked about the, the voiceover thing, but no Jillian in this episode. We didn't see her at all. Now, of course, you know, we are seeing the last, basically the last two episodes, I think, from a different perspective. So, you know, maybe that's why we didn't see Jillian in this episode, but she was, she was definitely missed. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, we already spoke about how this was based around Trish and everything else. So we already covered that, but the only other thing I would have to add would be apparently Eric likes his whiskey too. <laughs> yes. And he does. he's been drinking a lot this episode, which made me laugh. <laughs> the setup that Eric and Trish made on Jessica, wow, that was crazy. Yeah, that that whole thing of basically them them planning to basically get her arrested so that she can have an alibi for Trish's next attack. You know, I thought that was really, really interesting. And the fact that Trish, you know, I, I started to think, and I've got this really in the next episode, but I really thought the, well, yeah, we'll talk about when we get to the next episode, but it, it was really, they definitely had a plan where they were going to try to get Jessica released uh, from prison. And that does work, but we kind of get a darker descent from Trish on this. Uh, I think everything else that I had in my notes, I think we've talked about. So that would just bring us to the next episode, which is episode 12, a.k.a. Lot of Worms. <laughs> and uh, we, we see that, you know, with the ending of the last two episodes, we have that ending with uh, Trisha kind of Trish beating up Montero. And so Jessica is she's released by the cops and she goes, but she gets it. She goes and she gets Salinger, and she's going to bring him under her protection because now she knows that Trish is the one who's doing it, and she knows that Trish is probably going to try to kill Salinger. And so she has Malcolm and Eric kidnap Trish and chain her up in her uh, apartment while Jess works out a plan. But Salinger apparently turns the tables on Jessica and. Uh, kidnaps her and brings her into her own apartment where he's taking pictures of her talking to her doing his uh, whole psycho killer thing and uh, then we get to see how that all plays out but I'm sure we're going to get to that in our top fives yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) why don't you go ahead and start this time Uh, my number five would be Jessica being Freed from incarceration from the police, plus seeing Jillian for a hot second at the office. You know, you got to see her for just that split second for a little bit. Eric's explanation of what had happened, but telling Jessica how he felt during that time with Trish and telling her what the outcome may be. Yeah, that was, uh, I had, I actually had, it wasn't until I watched it the second time that I even remembered that Jillian was there but yeah she was the one she got Eric into the shower apparently because we hear him yell about I'm drowning I'm drowning and uh, she says that she found him on the whatever outside the door 
we do get her for that hot minute. She basically is there and then she's gone and we don't see her at all for the rest of the, the series really. Yeah. And it's, it's just unfortunate because that was a really cool character that I really liked. And I, I would have liked to have seen maybe how they ended up with her. You know, we get in the next episode, we're going to get kind of resolutions from all of the characters. We don't get Jillian's resolution. So, yeah, the Defenders podcast guys actually talked about that in depth a little bit. Okay. And how that we didn't see her after that. They would like to have had seen some sort of resolution with everybody that was towards the end of the, the season. Yeah. They didn't even do that with Jillian. Right, exactly. She's the only one we don't get. We get we get a last... Uh, well, I mean, we'll talk about... Well, well we can talk about it here because it's, 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 we're going to be talking about it. We yeah. get resolutions with Brianna, we get re- which is uh, Eric's sister. We get a resolution with Eric. We get a, le- a resolution with Jerry. We get a resolution with Trish and Jessica. We get a resolution with everybody basically except Jillian and uh, it's just it's just unfortunate I don't know I wonder if there was a, a cut scene maybe that that might have just showed her you know on a beach somewhere relaxing because I think doesn't she make a make a comment about that yeah. a couple a couple episodes ago that she wanted to go on a vacation I, I just I'm with you I would have loved to have seen something more uh, from her my number five was I think and I brought this up when when we saw it in the episode a few episodes ago, now we know why Salinger went right to the worm the the worm you know thing after Jessica had trashed his apartment. He went to the worm. What do they call that? It's not a herbitary. I guess a herb. Whatever the worm collective <laughs> home <laughs> house. The little the little terrarium that's got the worms in it. That's where his camera was that took the picture of Trish trying to kill him. And I remember bringing that up a couple episodes ago going, this is weird. This guy's got a weird obsession with worms that he's digging his hands in there. But now we see that that's where that the camera was hidden. And later on in the episode, they're going to find out where his server is so they can get this. So they can destroy the, the footage of, of Trish. Yeah. That's Ellinger. What a worm. <laughs> and on top of that, it's like, yeah, it's like, well, maybe he was taking something out of dumb and dumber. <laughs> He's gonna open up a worm farm and call it "We Got Worms." <laughs> Who knows? That would bring me to my number four, which would yes. be uh, Trish bringing up Kilgrave for her actions against Jessica and Salinger. Uh, Jessica is trying to protect Salinger from Trish to help Trish, but Trish doesn't want to be saved. It seems with all the actions and the way she's been talking. Yeah, and that's that's interesting that we're we're getting some Kilgrave reminders in these last these last couple episodes, and that kind of leads right into my number four, which is just that fact that Jessica she goes to the hospital to to get Salinger. She finds out that he's trying to leave, and I, I love that whole interaction between him and the nurse when the nurse is like, "No, this is the, the you know," uh, he said she says, "You can't leave," and he says, "Why not? My police protection left," and she's like, "Well, this is the safest place." you could be or something like that. And he's like, no, I'm going home. And then Jessica shows up and they, she has a brief fight with the masked vigilante. And in that fight, we, we get Salinger telling Jess that she can beat Trish, that she's stronger. And he knows that, but there she ends up throwing Trish, not trying to escape from her, but she throws Trish over to the other building. So that gives her and Salinger time to escape. 
And then she goes and she takes Salinger to Jerry's house or Jerry's home and wants Jerry to protect Salinger. And Jerry's like, no, that's not what I do. I'm not going to protect. And Salinger's just like, you guys, you guys work this out. I'm walking home. And he <laughs> leaves and we get this brief moment between Jessica and Jerry where Jerry's kind of worried about if Trish is going to come after her. And it's it's really interesting, especially when we see later on in this episode when Jerry, like the first time Jerry talked to Trish about pulling a burglary, it was just to get evidence. But then when she's actually talking to Trish on the phone, when Trish calls her and she says, oh, yeah, he's a monster and and convinces Trish to go after Demetrius, uh, the guy that's suing Kith. So, yeah, thought that was all interesting, and we'll, there'll probably be more of that coming up. So that would bring me to my number three. I think so. Yes. So that would be Malcolm trying to help, you know, while chaining up Trish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's trying his best to get her back in his own way. I, I don't think this will work, though. You know, he's trying to talk some sense into her while he's got her all, you know. Her leg all chained up. Yeah, he, you know, she she's doing the exercises, and he's like, oh, yeah, I try that too. And you can tell that he's trying to talk to her almost like an addiction counselor is basically yeah. what, what he's doing, is he's trying to he's he's trying to, to go back into that kind of role of social worker, addiction counselor kind of thing, and it's just not working with Trish. She's like, no, I'm right. I'm going to do this. And so, yeah, I thought that's that's an interesting thought that you had there. My number three is, uh, again, another one of those things that we learned. Now we learn why Jessica kept those skin cells. I think I, I brought that up when she was cleaning up Trish after her attack on Salinger. I'm like, why is she scrape, scraping under Trish's fingernails and putting them in that, that tissue and putting them in a Ziploc bag? You know, I, I made that comment several a few weeks ago. Why, why is she doing that? Now we see why, because she kept that stuff knowing that there might be an opportunity to plant some evidence about Salinger and that's what she does. She gets that knife from his apartment. She calls Costa and you know, she says to Costa, you know, you might you might want to check the Dorothy crime scene again cuz I think you might have missed some evidence there. And uh, the assumption is that she's going to place, you know, that knife with the skin cells on it somewhere in Dorothy's apartment so that the police will have not just his confession on tape that we get to see at the end of this episode, but they'll also have some, you know, more physical evidence against him. Yeah, she was tampering with <clears throat> with police evidence and, you know, trying to use that as a way to get ahead and help out Trish, but obviously it didn't work out. Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's not going to be good enough for Trish, as we find out. Yeah. Oh, that would be... Your number two. My number two. Uh, Eric trying to help Jessica with the whole Trish thing. But it's not working. <laughs> he means well, but she's always resistant to help uh, to any help from others. It seems you know she always has to do things on her own. Yeah, it's a it's unfortunate because this this is my number my number two basically is the same similar kind of thing. It's just the whole plan that they had. You know, Jessica, Eric, and Malcolm have this whole plan of how they're going to get Salinger. They're gonna they they go even to the length of they figured out that he had doused that that bottle of bourbon. And so she goes back to the, the, uh, there's a, that conversation that Eric and Jessica have in the bar before she goes back to her office is when you see it for the second time, knowing 
what they're setting up, you suddenly start to understand more of what was going on that, you know, she said, Oh no, I've got to be straight for this. I've got to, okay, we got a big night. And he's like, yeah, be careful or something like that. There's, there's things that they say to each other that you suddenly realize, okay, this has been planned and, and put in motion. They knew that Salinger would take the bait to kidnap Jessica when, when he once he knew that Trish was out of the way that he would, he would use that to his advantage and then when he does capture Jessica, he believes she's drugged because he says, try to get out. And she's like, eh, I can't. And she just barely like struggles against the tape. And he's like, see, I gave you a tranquilizer. And so it's just really good <laughs> that that whole scene between him and Jessica, you think he's got the upper hand. He thinks he's got the upper hand. But then by the end of it, when he does his actual confession of killing Dorothy, you know, Eric comes out of the shadows and Jessica's like, OK, did we get it? And he's like, yeah, we got it. And he goes, and he makes that joke about seeing Salinger prancing around the apartment in his ninja outfit, you know, before Jessica even got there. And uh, then she breaks out of the chair and she beats him up and calls the cops. It was just great. It was it was great that we have this plan that normally when you have a plan like this, that's so intricate and involves so many uh, specific things having to go right. It usually doesn't. But here in this show, everything goes right. They get exactly what they needed. Everything's he get the cops come and get him. He's he's arrested. He's going to go to life in prison with the raft on the raft or wherever he's going to be in prison at. And but unfortunately, that's still not good enough for Trish. Yeah. And that would bring me to my number one. Your number one. Well, Jessica getting Costas involved. I love that he has his new daughter with him. Mm. Yeah, that <laughs> was so sweet. Glad, yeah, I'm so glad that you know he and his husband uh, were able to adopt. So we finally get to see that. That conclusion was resolved like uh, before the last episode. Uh, it was so nice to see. Plus the... The loop feed when Costas and his men show up to arrest Salinger. Yeah, it just keeps repeating. Not the whole conversation. Just just him saying that he killed Dorothy to punish other to punish Jessica. That was that was great. That whole just looping it for him. Yeah, my number one. Yep. Yes, uh, it's just Trisha's escalation over these last several episodes and her violent, how her violence kind of escalated throughout the series. Really, if you go all the way back to when she killed Jess's mom, okay, she, she could have justified that by thinking that maybe Jess's mom was going to hurt her. She then she kills Nussbaumer kind of out of self-defense, kind of an accident. You know, they were fighting. He was trying to hurt her and she hits him and he falls down and hits his head. So you can kind of get that idea that it's, you know, that was kind of an accident, kind of self-defense. But then when she kills Montero, she's definitely just out of control. She's just completely, she's seeing these visions of Salinger and she thinks it's him he's beating up. Uh, she's beating up. And it, so that she escalates to this murder of Montero. And then we get to the end where it's just a very cold and calculated murder of Salinger where she just basically steps on his head and just crushes his skull. And, you know, we see this, like I said, this escalation throughout that is uh, it's disturbing, man. I mean, that image of his oh, when we get that image in the next episode of, of what his head looked like. They did a great makeup job. But, oh, it was just disturbing. Yeah, it was. Uh, we had a few quotes. Yeah. Go ahead and give yours first. <laughs> 
Well, the first one would be, don't waste your time on this piece of shit. <laughs> and that would be Jessica to the to the lady in the kidney elevator while she's beating on Salinger. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, he, they're all like, oh, ew, what's the matter with you? And she's like, no, nah, don't even... <laughs> You know, um, I loved I loved Trish's line where she says, maybe that's my real power. I can carry the burden when she's talking about these killings, you know, because Jessica brings up the fact that she felt guilt after killing Kilgrave. And Trish is basically saying, no, that she's not she's not feeling any guilt. And it was a very Punisher like line where she's to say that, you know, because isn't that that's basically what he said in the last season, the Punisher. He said, no, I'm not the one who dies I'm the one who does the killing. Yeah. And uh, so I loved kind of hearing that as much as, and it, it almost, it almost made me, I almost fell back into kind of a mode where I was kind of feeling sorry or feeling more positive toward Trish because I realized, wait a minute, if this was the Punisher, we, we wouldn't, there would be no moral ambiguity here. We wouldn't even be considering you know, sending him to the police. And we've seen him murder and torture and, but it's different, I guess, because I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it, it makes me feel bad that I, that I can separate the two characters and go, well, it's okay for the Punisher to be this way, but it's not okay for Trish to be this way. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but yet if you really analyze the situation, they both have been through very similar arcs and doing very similar things. Now, Yes, there's a there is a difference in killing and murdering someone in police custody and, you know, fighting a bunch of drug dealers who are armed. So, you know, I guess it's a little bit different situation, but it still uh, made me definitely think about, you know, about that idea of the characters. Yeah, it's it's very similar, you know, to Frank in a lot of places. Yeah, like you said. And then you would think, oh, wait, would Eric's radar go off and have a bunch of headaches if he was standing next to Frank? Yeah, exactly. I wondered about that because, you know, he he makes that comment about Trish that she must have been somehow hiding what she felt because we do see that in uh, I think it's actually in the next episode, maybe or when uh, when Eric sees her. Yeah, it's in the next episode when Eric sees her and nearly passes out. Yeah. You know, so you had another quote there. Uh, yeah, it would be Malcolm saying to Trish, do you ever miss the person you used to be? Yeah. While she was in chains doing the workout and everything. That was so cold and cut like a knife. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I love the, the when they're listing all the things that the police are going to arrest Salinger for. And uh, Eric says the real felony is dousing a bottle of good bourbon. I thought that was <laughs> that was really good. Uh, <laughs> Um, I think just about everything. Yeah, well, we we had other notes, but yeah, you know, we in this one I didn't see Jillian at all. Yeah. So you know, like we said before, we love the character, but we don't know where she went yeah. after the last episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, we get that, like I said, very brief interaction at the beginning between where Jessica walks in and says, and she wants. Um, because I looked for it particularly because I wanted to make sure I, I, I was correct. And she gets you get a couple of lines where she says something to Jillian about helping her find track down Trish. And then we hear Eric in the bathroom. Jillian says she got him into the bathroom and then gone. 
end. We don't see yeah. her again for the rest of the series. And the only other thing I would have would be Selinger's interactions with Jessica when he has her tied up. Yeah. And yeah, that was interesting for the interrogation from him, his analysis of her. And the way he twists everything around, it's like, yep, he's a bit twisted in the head. Yep. Yeah, and I didn't catch it until the second to the second time watching it, or maybe the third time watching, because I think I watched these three times actually. That she's kind of doing the same thing to him, because she says something about you get excited, you get joy out of doing this, and she says something like, "I bet you're hard right now," um, you know, just yeah, <laughs> it's like as it's like some sort of like turn on right, or something for to him, him to, which is to really do, weird. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was, oh, oh, yeah, that whole uh, between the two of them was, uh, so that brings us to the final episode of the series, a.k.a. everything. Uh, We do get that line from Trish uh, towards about the middle of the episode when she's talking about the lengths that uh, that she would go to and the lengths that Jessica won't go through. And she says everything is, is the length that she'll go to, but Jessica can't do it. This, you know, we've come a long way from the beginning of season one with Jessica just being an alcoholic private investigator and Trish is her best friend to we've seen Trish kill Salinger and Jess, you know, Jessica has to make this resolution that she's going to bring Trish to justice, and that's uh, that's what she does. Trish goes to Jerry to, kind of, or Jerry actually offers to help get Trish out of the country. That plan gets thrown out the window because Jessica goes on uh, live, t- live whatever, virtual reality, and says tells people who the mass vigilante is, and says we're searching for her and be on the lookout for this for this woman. And then we get that final confrontation between Jessica and Trish there at the the warehouse with the coffins. And gosh, and then the, the series wraps up and uh, we're going to get to that in our top fives. But I, I do want to say I love kind of how the series wrapped up. I love the soundtrack of this last episode and uh, can't wait to hear these top five. Why don't you go ahead and start this time? My number five would be Luke coming back. That is amazing. <laughs> him, him stating that he sent his brother to the raft, too. That is a lot. A lot more we know now what happened to his brother and where <clears throat> where Luke is now. Uh, I'm going to miss all these shows because now they brought back another character. And I think they mentioned Matt at one point, too. Ooh, yeah, I'd have to go back. I don't remember now. Uh, I had something about this later on, and I don't remember where I put it in my notes, but it, it is really good. I, I like that same thing that you said with, with uh, oh, it is. This is actually my number two, was that whole dialogue between Jessica and Luke there at the beginning where he's talking about uh, his brother. But, you know, do you feel like it may have been a bit of fan service, uh, but I'm okay with that because we haven't seen this guy, you know, since the end of, of Luke Cage. And so we get to see just a little bit of him here at the very beginning of the episode. Might be a little bit of foreshadowing of the end of the episode where Jessica, uh, where we see Trish get blown off uh, to presumably to the the raft uh, where she's going to that, you know, hey, if anybody's trying to make a TV show, that might be an interesting one off kind of small mini series is what's going on at the raft with all these bad guys. 
Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did they break out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to move that around and I'll use that as my number five. Just that same thing uh, as, as Luke, as you had with your number five, which is the return of Luke Cage. He looked, did he look smaller or was it just maybe the way that suit was cut? Uh, but he kind of looks, yeah he did look a little bit smaller yeah. like and that yeah, beard like, and his bald head it just he looked smaller <laughs> and it, and with the suit it do, it doesn't look like him too because it, it was kind of kind of a bright kind of suit for him yeah in my opinion I had to, I actually had to go back when I first saw it I went to IMDb and I went I went to look I said did they change actors for this but no it's Mike Coulter it's the same guy it just uh, it was interesting so I I'm I. <laughs> Kind of wondering. He didn't have to work out anymore. Yeah, he didn't have to do anything to, to push it. So let's. Uh, what was your number four then? Uh, my number four would be Trish trying to record what she wants to say to Jessica. It, it seems like she's sounding more and more like a villain with every rewording that she does. Yeah, and I, I think the the guys on Defenders podcast stayed here. It's like somebody said it was like, oh, it sounded like this kind of villain, and then oh, then they went to Doctor Doom, and to, I'm like. <laughs> Uh, I didn't really see that into it, but it sounded like each time she tried to reword it or redo it, it sounded more menacing than the last time. And it was like maybe three times that she was trying to reword how she was in her message. Yeah, it's similar to if you go back to the first couple of episodes, you know, when she was trying to... Um, to that email. Yeah, to that email that she was sending where it kept it kept coming out different. At first it was very apologetic, and then by the end of it, by the end the, the final draft that she never actually sent, but Jessica found kind of in her deleted uh, email box or whatever, she finds that, that one that was just super harsh and mean toward Jessica. So it's that same kind of thing here. Um, my uh, my next one is uh, just that we get a little bit of voiceover in this in this episode. We get a little bit of voiceover at the beginning. We get a little bit of voiceover at the end. But I, I just wonder if maybe there was something going on. Maybe they were rushed and just didn't have time to write the the voiceover because I think there's there were spots in this episode where it would have been nice to hear what jessica was thinking yeah yeah definitely it's something that we missed yeah but the only the only voiceover we got was from the very beginning i think yeah of her coming the, out of the court right at the end she does do a little bit when trish is being taken taken off into the helicopter we get yeah. a little bit of voiceover there but like the spot where i really wanted some voiceover was that end scene you know where she's buying the ticket where she's going to the train station that i would have loved to know what is she thinking in this scene, but they don't give it to it. And you know, maybe that's why maybe we're supposed to just see it on Kristen Ritter's face, which she does do a good job of acting it. And we get that little bit of, of, uh, at the end it's, it, it's later on. Yeah. Her wa- walking off in Penn station. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm just curious. It's like, it would have been nice to know where the hell she was going. Was she going to Wappinger's falls or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think she's going back to work. I really do. When, when the guy's calling after, don't you want your ticket? I think she's going back to work. Um, yeah. Okay. I think that brings us to your number three. Yes. That would be Trish coming into Jerry's place with when Kith shows up. Then Jessica coming in and throwing her up into the ceiling. That standoff. Oh my god. Wow. That that was that scene was really intense, especially the double cross from Jerry on Jessica trying to negotiate with Trish. Yeah, that's a I I've got I'm gonna talk some more about Jerry uh later in mine. Or actually I'll just go I'll I'm I've already we moved mine around. I'll I'll uh that brings that that is one of mine is just Jerry 
is is just all the different things that we see from her in this episode. You know, she sends uh, she sends Trish after Demetrius to kill him, and then uh, uses herself as bait to try to catch Trish, and then she kind of trades herself for Kith, and she even shoots Jess in the leg. You know, that whole, like you said, that whole turnabout was just, it's just Jerry getting way involved more than we've seen her get get involved in this. And, you know, it, it, it was great that she finds a way to get Trish out of the country. And then once Trish is locked in that coffin, she calls Jessica. Only Jessica's already there because they figured out where she is. And then my heart just kind of broke for her there at the end when Kith comes back and Kith says, you know, despite everything, all this stuff that you showed, how much you love me, I'm, I can't be with you because of this is the life you live. This is the world you live in. You know, uh, Kith said something about Jerry said something about that. Well, I got you out of danger and Kith says, yeah, but that danger is your life. And I, it just broke my heart to to see Kith go. I can't stay with that. I'm not. I can't be part of this craziness. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. And I have no <laughs> idea where we're at now. Does that bring us to your number two? Yes. Okay. And my number two would be Eric's scenes with Jessica, especially the scene when he gets hit hard with a, a headache mm-hmm. when they approach Trish. It's kind of like what we were saying before, but the other would be him trying to help Jessica to find Trish. Kind of a goofy element, <laughs> but was true to the character and his quote-unquote crappy power, <laughs> according to Trish at that time. Yeah, but you know, even though she called it a crappy power, even she tried, to, she used it you know, she used it to try to find targets. Jessica was using it to try to, you know, establish guilt in people. And uh, this brings up to one of mine as well is just that, that scene that you're just talking about when Eric sensed the darkness in Trish and the darkness being so strong, I think his nose started to bleed and and that he almost passed out, you know, and he says that he's got to go self-medicate. And then at, at the end of the episode, when he comes back and, Jessica, it, again, it was just this moment that broke my heart when Jessica says, you know, I can't trust you. And he's like, well, I'm, I've am i got to do something to win that trust back. I really liked that idea of him being willing to go, you know what? I understand you can't trust me because of what I did with Trish, because of what I did here. I'm going to I'm going to find a way to make you trust me. And then. You know, he leaves and goes to the bar and Costa shows up and we find out that even though Jessica doesn't trust him and she's kind of broken up with him, basically, he is she called Costa and told Costa about him and said, you know, go meet this guy and you two should work together. And he tells Costa, you know, they're in the bar and and Costa and he says, uh, you know, that guy back there in the brown shirt or or whatever, uh, he's he's a bad guy. And Costa's like, well, what do you do? And. Eric's like, I don't know. I just know it's bad. And so we yeah. see that idea that he's going to start working maybe with Costa to help, you know, catch these bad guys because he can't do it. He's shown that he's he's not he doesn't have the facility. He doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the talent to actually do. Well, he he does, but he does it for blackmailing purposes. Now he's going to start doing it with with the cops. I really like that idea that 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 Eric and Costa are going to kind of team up uh, to catch bad guys. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, like he's used to sniff out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the bad guys. <laughs> like a dog or something. <laughs> that would bring us to your number two. Uh, that brings us actually to your number one. Because as I moved everything around, we had very similar ones. So I just I just piggybacked on your numbers with the ones and changed mine around. So we're actually okay. at your number one. Well, uh, this was Jessica's worst nightmare. Mm. The one person she cared for and grew up with became her nemesis. Instead of killing Trish, Jessica winds up sending Trish to the raft, which is the hardest thing she had to do. Mm. It was a stab in the heart for her, as well as a stab to the hand. <laughs> Yeah, I will miss this version of Jessica Jones, but at least we have these three seasons, you know? Yeah, yeah, and uh, that, uh, uh, it's just that scene between where you, again, I we get a little bit of voiceover, but we get those looks exchanged where Trish looks out and she can see Jessica watching her being loaded onto the helicopter, and Jessica can see her seeing, you know, they see each other in that scene. And I really get the impression that Trish understands that this is what, this was the only way this was going to end. If this wasn't going to end in her death, it was going to end in her being sent off. And even though it looked to me like Trish didn't feel betrayed at all because Jessica was doing her job. Jessica was doing what she had to do to be a hero. You know, like Eric shows her the newspaper at the end and talks about her being a bona fide hero now. And that's where this arc has brought her from the beginning of this series where she didn't want to be a hero. She didn't want to do these things. She she, you know, never wanted that word used. She didn't want to be any of that kind of person. But then we get to the end and we see her. And this is exactly my number one is this idea that I think that point of her not taking the ticket and turning around is her going back. She's going to go back to the office. She's going to go back to Malcolm and she's going to, and they're going to keep on keeping on, you know, that song at the end is perfect. That keep on living is, is what she's going to do. And I love that we get that call back to where she hears Kilgrave's voice. And that's what prompts her to not give up. Because she gets Kilgrave's mm-hmm. voice saying, "Well, yeah, go, just go ahead and quit. Someone else will do the job." And you, and then the the ticket is kind of purple, you know, which yeah. was kind of Kilgrave's color. And uh, uh, like I said, then she turns around and she leaves the station, and the guy's calling after her, "Don't you want your ticket?" And so I really think that's the idea: is she's going to go back to keep on living. She's going to go back to keep on doing what she's doing. And uh, I love the little in memory of Stan Lee. That we, oh, that yeah. we got there at the end. We knew we knew it was coming, but... Hmm. Yeah, it hits you in the heart. Exactly. And, yeah, you get the feels, but it's weird because they wrapped this up last year before he passed away, I believe. Oh, okay, so that card would have been inserted after the fact. Uh, yeah, okay. so I think it was their like, last call because this is the last of the Netflix yeah. Marvel, mm. so they had to throw that in there out of, out of respect. Because, you know, they wouldn't have any of these shows without him. Exactly. <laughs> well, we've got some quotes here as we uh, wrap up this this episode. Um, why don't you go with your yeah. first one there from... Uh, my first one would be Luke saying, hey, you got shit to do. <laughs> Just with the inflection of it, he knows that Jessica will be on the job and be on it. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and I love that uh, the first one for me is when she's 
you know, there in the police station with Costa and Costa tells her she's got to admit what she did. And she, Trish just flat out says, I'm the bad guy. Uh, and again, it was one of those, she delivered that line perfectly. It just broke my heart to hear her say it. Yeah. The next one I have is, it's a little bit dark and it was a dark scene in itself. That would be Malcolm saying, have you ID'd her to the cops? And Jessica says, then the public knows and then come the pitchforks. They'll chase her out of town. Malcolm just comes back with, we need her here where we can capture her. What makes you think that she hasn't already left town? And Jessica just comes back with, because she still has to prove me wrong. Because if I'm right, then she becomes the exact thing she hates the most. Yeah, and that uh, that's exactly what happened. You know, if we as we see at the end, and uh, my my only last quote before I get to my my one note is uh, Costa says to her that due process doesn't seem to apply to enhanced individuals, and uh, I love that you pulled that quote out because in that fight there in the the coffin uh, factory or whatever, um, we see. Trish become that thing that she that she hated the most. And I think when she stabbed, when she pulls that knife and she jumps in the air and, and Jessica manages to get her hand in front of it, I think that's the moment that Trish sees and she realizes that she has come to these depths, that she was about to kill her best friend. Yeah. And and it's only because Jessica was able to stop the blade uh, that she stopped. And it just, again, it's just one of those things that just, ugh. It, it broke yeah. broke my heart to see that and just to see that look of shock on Trisha's face, that look look of betrayal on Jess's face. And then and then you, you compare that with those final looks that they have there at the, the wharf where we see that I think they've they've come to an understanding. And yeah. uh, so uh you had some quotes and I think you 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 uh worded this very well as you wrapped up the season about what you think about everything the series as a whole. Oh, the wrap-up, yes. Well, the season, for the most part, was all over the place. A baddie here, a nuisance there, meaning Trish. But the overall look of the season, to me, is the trials that Jessica had to go through. Dealing with the death of a loved one, getting the crazy villain, which would be Salinger, then to deal with Trish, who has become a villain under Jessica's nose. She didn't find out till the end, like the rest of us, but instead of killing her, she sends Trish to the raft, the hardest thing Jessica had to do. So, considering that if you look back at the the all three seasons as a whole, the first two seasons, she, you know, the villain winds up getting killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one, the villain does not get killed. She she goes to the raft. Right. So, th- I think the way they ended it, instead of like a major down note where it's dead and you feel that, oh, wait a minute, Jessica is a murderer all the time. Mm-hmm. Now she's not, so... I thought that was a pretty interesting way that they ended it. You know, we didn't have to see Trish die, which is awesome. Yeah. And overall, the last four episodes were written well, but the last two seemed to have been written pretty fast to wrap up the story and what was left in the series. Probably from the cancellation during filming. It was done well, but it felt it was a little too fast, maybe a little bit too rushed. Not much, just a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, and I'm, I'm totally on board with everything you just said because I think it's it's really good. And it did seem like these last four episodes, as well done as they were, it, it seemed like there was some, you know, maybe there was some sort of change 
in in stride when they found out during filming that they were going to be canceled and they were suddenly went okay so how do we wrap this how do we wrap this up in such a way that it's still Jessica Jones going on but we close out all of these stories and so you know we get we get the uh Jerry is dying and she's going to die and she's going to die alone that's her ending we get Malcolm getting uh, Trish, uh, Trish, Jessica giving him the keys to the private investigation uh, office, and but then we also get her seemingly going back. So it looks like she and Malcolm are going to go back to doing what they do. We get Costa and Eric; they're going to work together to do their thing. We get Trish going to the raft. Um, what am I forgetting? We get uh, we get a little bit. We basically get some closure between. Malcolm and his ex-girlfriend when she leaves when she sees Brianna we get that moment between Brianna and Eric where they have reunited and they're back to kind of their their old ways so you know all the characters get wrapped up except for Jillian and um, well and that couch and that couch yeah that ugly <laughs> orange couch um but you know overall overall the three seasons were good uh, I'm with you though that that ending seemed to be a little bit rushed yeah. Uh, overall, I, I I enjoyed the series. I had a great time with it. I'm curious to see what they do with the characters once Marvel is able to use them. So I I think that'd probably be another year because yeah, it was it. The whole thing is weird to me. The way it was written in the article I I read last year, I think, or earlier this year, I there was an article that said the way the agreement reads is that. None of these characters can be used again until it's two full years after their shows had ended, after their yeah. runs had ended. So that means that we, you know, if that, if I'm correct in that assessment, that means that we won't see Jessica Jones again until, you know, <clears throat> June, July of 2021. That would be the earliest we would we would see her and i and i think you and i had this discussion i don't know if that means they can't have anything in production or they just can't have anything in the can so if that means they can't yeah. even start production for 2 years you know we're talking you're talking another year after that yeah. if that's what exactly. it is, if they can't even be in production for another 2 years so which i think is silly it is but... i can't believe they can't work that out i can't believe that these that these actors and, you know, maybe some of them are, I don't know. I haven't, I didn't look at the news to see what Charlie Cox and Kristen Ritter and, you know, John Bernthal and Mike Coulter, what, what they're doing now, if they're doing anything, you know, I, we saw that, I think you reposted it to our Facebook page that Jessica Jones, that uh, Kristen Ritter would love to play the character again, you know, but obviously that's not going to happen unless something can get worked out with this whole copyright issue definitely Uh, so we have a little bit of comic talk this week which we haven't had in a while but literally because we're a week after comic-con so a lot of things came out yeah (laughs) i love that marvel has done a lot so far for phase four they're ramping up for so much i cannot wait for the things to come that they've they spoke about and all i could say to everybody is just go look on youtube and look at the panels for marvel and look at the Kevin Feige thing. It's amazing what he brings up, you know. We get to see a new 
blade at the very end with uh, Mashala. What's his name? I don't know how to say his he, name. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's not Idris Elba. That's all I know. <laughs> Mashala, Mashala Ali. There you go. Yeah. And he plays the new blade, but he was Cottonmouth and Luke Cage. Oh, okay. Now I know where I got the connection from. Interesting. So now, now he, uh, yeah, and I, I think he's an Oscar winner too. So he, you know, he he made the jump from Netflix to the MCU, but for a different character. Yeah, interesting. Uh, we have our female Thor, and they're bringing back Natalie Portman to do that. Very cool. And I think that is amazing, and I'm loving this so much because you know we got Wanda Vision. And it confirmed that uh, the WandaVision story takes place after Endgame. So how they come about bringing Vision back, I don't know. I'm curious to see, especially when they say it. some of it takes place in the 1950s. So I'm wondering if there's time jump. Uh, they follow Loki and his adventures. They talk to uh, both uh, Sebastian Stan and uh, the guy who plays Falcon. And they uh, they talk a little bit of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think it's called Winter, yeah. I think, I think Winter, it's called Falcon and the Winter yeah, Soldier. Like that I saw that on the 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 backdrop. So so yeah, this is gonna be so much going on to come with the Disney app too, with all these shows and everything. I, I'm just so happy because you know we have this to look forward to. I think it's in like November or yep. something that when all that drops. Yep. Disney Plus debuts in November, so we'll see what all they're going to, you know, and we'll see what Phase 4, uh, I think Phase 4 doesn't start until, what, spring of 2020. So we're, and I don't remember if the Black Widow, I think the Black Widow movie is the first the first part of Phase 4. So. Yes, definitely. That's the one that we all know. It's already in filming mm-hmm. right now. It's already in production. Yeah. So you, you see the pictures of Scarlett Johansson on set. They're talking about you know, basically Taskmaster being the villain. Yeah. Uh, we have David Harbour in it. So Yeah, I'm so I'm excited a- to see what, what they're gonna do and see how many if there's anything uh you know, they're famous for doing misdirects. So it'll be interesting to see what you know, if all that stuff that they laid out at Comic Con actually comes out in the order that they that they've released it. We'll see. That is true. <laughs> all right. So to submit your feedback well, it's changed a little. Uh, I was able to create a Panels to Pixels website, which would be www.panelstopixelspodcast.com. And with that, it reflects, and that will divert you directly right now to our Facebook page. So if you have a hard time finding our Facebook page, all you have to do is look up Panels to Pixels Podcast.com and it'll bring you right there. And then you could, you know, leave a message, you leave a comment. We always get back to you. But. We've said it before, just go either to Facebook, which would be www.facebook.com slash panels to pixels, or use our email, which would be panels to pixels one at gmail.com. And that's panels, the two is spelled out T-O, pixels, and the number one at gmail.com. So we're changing a few things right now. Yes, and you have some exciting news, don't you, Mark, about the what's going on with your other podcast? Yes, so uh, big news for us for uh, the Walking Dead talk through. So Brian Malosh, Ruthie Rink, and Kyle and I are basically creating our own network. Now, mind you, we're keeping Panels to Pixels on this particular network because Steve and I love the, the Next Level Podcast radio network, and we love having Ben hosting it so 
we're keeping this here, we might tie a link to it, but the new network that we have that's coming out would be called Talk Through Media. So that's currently in the works. So I will be continuing to co-host on the Walking Dead Talk Through and Fear the Walking Dead Talk Through, and you could find us there. All of us from the Talk Through Media would like to thank Daryl from GSM, or Golden Spiral Media, and allowing us to keep our podcasts. So we're allowed to put them on our own network. And you can listen to us at talkthroughmedia.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Nothing's going to change. So we're currently in the midst of uh, moving those feeds over so that way it's a smooth transition. So that way when we come back from our little hiatus from Fear of the Walking Dead which is right now in its mid-season break. We'll be back in the mid-season premiere on our new network, so you could check us out there. Exciting, exciting things happening with, with uh, TalkThroughMedia.com. I'm uh, excited to, to see what you guys are going to do with that. You can hear me right here, of course, and I submit voicemails to various other podcasts on uh, the Podcastica Network and just uh, other places when I can and uh, when they can play those, and it's... Uh, it's, it's fun to be listening to a podcast and hear my voice. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully if there's openings, because I'm pretty sure we're going to need a little help, because with PicardCast possibly coming out for Talk Through Media, we might need uh, additional hosts for the walkthrough. Yeah, Indiana. and I just I watched that trailer just a few minutes ago for Picard, uh, and that looks, that, that looks really cool. Yeah. Because I, I don't think Kyle That's... and I would be able to handle everything on the talk through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it looks it looks good. There's one particular character I'm very excited about coming back. Oh, same here. Uh, <laughs> when I saw her, I was jumping up and down for joy. But yeah. for Brian, it was more about data. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure. I, uh, I, had, I had the biggest crush on Jerry Ryan when I, when I watched Voyager. She was probably the reason why I do like Voyager as much as I do. So. <laughs> Same here. But I so. got into Voyager in the first season. so, And I just I think it's because of Janeway. But I, I was just, you know, that whole idea, that particular Star Trek got me. So I love that, that series. Yep. So uh, that's pretty much it for this podcast this week thanks everyone for listening i'm mark and i'm steve and this is panels to pixels good night everybody good night <laughs>